1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tracy Sandler standing
2: by, of course, from Fangirl to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Tracy, do you have a favorite Will Smith movie?
0: Ooh, that's or a good question.
3: Or, or moment at the Oscars? <laughs> that is
0: awesome. Maybe well, moment of the Oscars. I really only remember one, and I don't think it could be my favorite because it's not. In terms of my favorite, will I think Hitch? I love Hitch, and I like the first. <laughs> ah, movie.
2: all right, wow, oh, yeah. Hitch is is one of those that's not necessarily on the radar, but probably some of his best work.
3: Was enemy of the state? By the way, enemy of the state. By the way, no, Damn. you got
2: to go back early on Six Degrees of Separation when the he one, was the young first actor. one?
3: Yeah, I saw. Well,
0: that. that yeah, that was that's a fantastic movie. All right,
2: Trace, that's let's let's. Be. Let's talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey as he arrives. First of all, before we talk about what you think his role will be going forward, that seems to have dominated the phone lines and the conversation the first couple of hours. But specific to Sunday tomorrow against the Kansas City Chiefs, how do you think he will see the field? and what sort of packages can we expect Christian McCaffrey, if at all?
0: I think if we see him, it will be in a red zone package. I think, you know, he just got there. Granted, he's been playing and practicing albeit with a different team but he just got there they gave up a lot for him so i think the last thing they want to do is take a chance tomorrow (laughs) that anything could go terribly wrong so you know i would say if we see him at all it'll be in some sort of red zone package uh and then i think we would see him maybe a little more next week and then after the bye it would be full go
3: Hey, Tracy, so you mentioned what was given up to acquire him, like three draft picks, and then you add in how much it's going to cost. four, four, Four draft picks. Four draft picks, sorry. Then you add in what it's going to cost to keep him on your roster the next few seasons. Are the Niners in the Christian McCaffrey business long term? Like, are they going to see this contract all the way out at 11 plus a million a year for the next however many seasons?
0: Well, I think they'll probably try to restructure it, but it sounds to me like based on what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said yesterday, it sounds to me like they're in it for the long haul. And this was a little different than Emmanuel Sanders because that's, it's been compared to that move a lot in 2019, which understandably so, it makes sense. But that was a team that was 6-0 and was potentially a wide receiver away of getting to a Super Bowl. This is a team that's 3-3 three and three and is not a dual threat, threat running back away from getting to the Super Bowl. They have a lot of other issues on their team right now. So this is a huge move and certainly one that should help spark the offense and will be important for this season. But I feel like for what they gave up and the fact that he is signed through 2025, I would think would be attractive to them. Again, I think they'll have to restructure. But I believe that would be attractive to them, and he's obviously a very good fit for Kyle Shanahan in this offense. So I would imagine this is more of a long-term situation.
2: Tracy Sandler, our guess. And Tracy, going forward, does he replace now Jeff Wilson Jr. at the running back and or Elijah Mitchell at the running back position? Is he now the featured back? What is specifically his role, do you think, with the 49ers?
0: Well, I would imagine, yes, when he's ready to go, he will be RB1. There's just no way you put Christian McCaffrey on your team and he's not your starting running back. But the 49ers are also going to be in the probably somewhat enviable situation of having a running back receiver and a receiver running back. So now you have these two dual threat players that become just kind of a nightmare for defenses just in terms of preparation. But there's just no way to me that you have Christian McCaffrey on your team and he's not RB1.
2: So just just to sort of tack on, if he's RB1, and I guess the reason why I ask this at this juncture of his career, and after playing in just 10 games because of the multiple injuries over the last couple of years, if he's RB1 and we know if the 49ers get it going as far as that running attack and he's carrying the ball upwards to 15 to 20 times a game and he becomes the workhorse and the Niners are carving up whomever, is that somewhat, is there a level of hesitation to use him in that capacity knowing the the recent injury history?
0: Well, I think the really nice thing the 49ers have going for them is he can be RB1, but he still doesn't have to be a workhorse, if that makes sense. He can be your guy, but you do have Jeff Wilson in theory. You have Elijah Mitchell coming back. So the work can be spread around a little bit, but he can still be your main guy. I think they are probably going to do everything they can to keep him on the field and keep him healthy. But we see what happens to running backs in this offense and running backs generally in the league. And so that will be a tall task, but I think they also have, like I said before, they have the luxury of also being able to use him as a receiver. So there are just so many things they could do with him on any given Sunday.
3: Hey, Tracy. So you said that don't expect to see a whole bunch of Christian McCaffrey this week against the chiefs. If I was Christian McCaffrey's number one fan, what week should (laughs) I tune in to see the full Christian?
0: I would say after the bye week. Sunday night football against the Chargers, prime time, I would say, is what you would see because they're—I mean—they're they're, I mean, they're really kind of in a great position, and maybe that's why they wanted to get this done. When they got it done, you know, we're a week and a half before the trade deadline is when it happened. Uh, but they're in this great position of potentially easing him in for a play or two tomorrow, easing him in a little bit more next week against the Rams, a team that he didn't play all that long ago, and then he, they have the bye week for him to really learn the play best playbook and get familiar with his offense and all of those things. So I think they're they're in a really good position in that way. So I would say Sunday night football primetime against the Chargers uh, will be a time where you – if you are Christian McCaffrey's number one fan, and if you are, that is awesome. I think that's when you'll really get to see the most of him.
2: Trace, this football – this mass unit called the football team.
3: <laughs> right, yeah.
2: Who – <laughs> who's going to be healthy and who can we expect to see on the field when it comes to Trent Williams, McGlinchey, Hufunga, Chavarius uh, Ward. I mean, the list goes on. Bosa. What players do you think will actually get on the field uh, coming up tomorrow against the Chiefs?
0: So it does sound like Jimmy Ward, Nick Bosa, Mike McGlinchey, Trent Williams, it looks like and sounds like they will all be back on the field. They were not on the injury report yesterday. Talanoa Hufunga had to pass one more test today. I don't know what the results of that were. So that is the issue with him. As far as Charvarius Ward goes, which I think becomes probably the biggest person that you'd want to see on the field tomorrow, the activating Dante Johnson uh, from the practice squad does not bode super well for us seeing Mooney Ward on the field on Sunday. And I think that to me, they may very well be the difference in this game. I think it'll be a competitive game. You have two very good football teams, but uh, secondary already without Emmanuel Mosley and then out without Charverius. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Samuel Womack, but he is a rookie who's, you know, was benched after two weeks as a starting nickel and then has come in, you know, on the, on the outside last week. And I think uh, no Charvarius Ward, to me, could be the difference maker in this game.
2: Hey, Really quick, just staying on the injuries for a second, Tracy, can you lend any sort of explanation to the numerous injuries that seem to occur each and every year under Kyle Shanahan? Can, I, can you say that
0: one more time? I'm so sorry.
2: Can you lend any sort of explanation as to why there are so many injuries with Kyle Shanahan, 49er football teams, or is it just you know the price of playing football in the NFL? You know, I think it's
0: the price of playing football in the NFL. I go back and forth on this. I feel like we are all so ingrained in this team. But if you were to look at the Chargers, they got a whole lot of injuries, too. And if the, I look at injury reports every week when I get the practice reports on Wednesday, Thursday, and you know, Friday. The status reports and a lot of teams deal with a lot of injuries. It does seem like an inordinate amount over the last several years. It also feels like there are issues when guys seem to be getting better and then something happens and they're they're not getting better as quickly as they thought. So that, that does seem, there does seem to be something, but at the end of the day, it is a brutal sport, and I just, you know, I don't know if there's anything to it beyond that, but I think we'll see in this off season, you know, kind of what happens with the 49ers and if, if they agree with that. But it is football, and again, we are also ingrained in this particular team that it probably feels like they have more injuries than everybody else.
3: Hey, Tracy, you mentioned that Dante Johnson being activated is, is not good for seeing Mooney Ward play. And I think we can all agree just that that's just bad in general. Like, nothing's good has ever come from Dante Johnson being activated. But. Oh, go easy. Fun. Go easy. Uh, I know.
2: I'm actually going
0: to disagree with that. But,
3: but, I am going
0: to disagree with that. I think Dante Johnson is someone who's been this team a long time. And when they need him, he always comes out. I will disagree. I don't say that nothing good happens to Dante Johnson. I'm gonna push back on <laughs> okay.
3: this <one. laughs> Okay. He's pushing <laughs> your buttons. Well True. no, but 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 here's what I but here's what I do want to know, okay? So cause Samuel Womack is in the mix, Diamond Lenore is in the mix, Dante Johnson is in the mix. Two names. One is injured and is supposed to come back, and the other one is just, I don't know, has become the missing man. What's the status of Jason Verrett and Ambry Thomas, who I thought down the stretch, played pretty well last season.
0: So Jason Verrett, Kyle Shannon, had had said yesterday that he wasn't going to be activated this week. So, you know, I think we'll we'll see what happens, or that he went for this weekend. We'll see what happens next week. You know, he had practiced, and last week he didn't practice for a couple days because there was soreness in his knee. He was back at practice this week. So we'll have a much better idea midweek kind of what's going to happen there. In terms of Ambry Thomas, that is kind of one of the great mysteries. I mean, this is a person that, really came on at the end of last season. Kyle Shanahan said was who he thought was his biggest surprise of the season last year from where he started to where he ended. He had that game-playing interception. He played, you know, well, the playoffs, he was hurt in that Green Bay game, and everybody was very upset about it. But somewhere, you know, in OTAs and training camp, and Kyle Shanahan has spoken to this, and so has D'Amico Ryan. Somewhere he got jumped. And, you know, I do think in this league, you come back, you know, he's in his second year, and – I don't know for sure that this is what's happened, but, you know, based on what Kyle Shanahan has, Shanahan has said is that he did get jumped and it was in OTAs in training camp. People just got in front of him and that he's working his way back. But you do bring up a very interesting point because he can't seem to get on the field. I think it speaks volumes that when Charverius Ford went out last week, the decision was to put Samuel Womack in that position and not Ambry Thomas, and that's not a knock on Samuel Womack, but like I said earlier, he's a rookie who has not been in the system very long, and you have a guy who's now second year who played well last year. The fact that the decision was made not to put him in I think does speak volumes about where he's at, at this, on this team right now.
3: And just so we're clear, one of these people that did the leaping over Ambry Thomas is Dante Johnson.
0: <laughs> that is That is correct. And D'Amador Lenore and Samuel Womack.
2: Zen, wow. But I
0: think – but I go. I will go back to the thing with Dante Johnson again is he's been here a long time. And there is – when you have a bunch of injuries and a lack of consistency and continuity in a secondary due to injuries over the last several weeks, I can also understand putting in the veteran who really knows the system, who has, you know, a bit more leadership. But you – make a good point. I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Avery Thomas going forward, and I don't just mean this season, I mean in seasons beyond because clearly he has not seemed to have made a pretty great impression thus far in 2022.
2: Tracy, like always, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and let's catch up very soon.
0: Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hopefully it'll be a fun one.
2: That is the one and only, Tracy Sandler.